Acting Up with Jamie Crick, Kerry Ellis and Johnny Bunyan. It's your theatre week, that time of the week where we look backstage, look front of stage and celebrate some big awards because we'll be looking at the Olivier's and uh, hearing from Sharon D. Clark, who we interviewed before she won the Olivier about that great show she was in. And it's ultimately a story about love and loss and grief and hope. And uh, Kerry, we're working nine to five. We are. We've got a real lovely special guest, a nice friend of mine that we met back on the days of Wicked, you'll be pleased to hear. And we've done endless shows together, Wonderland, Murder Ballad, and yes, she's in 9 to 5, it's the gorgeous Natalie McQueen. We're looking forward to that. And of course, we're going for coffee down at Joe Allen just to hear what uh, gossip is there. It's all part of today's Acting Up. Jamie Crick and Kerry Ellis here this week. How many dates now? You know, we're almost at the end. We've got a few more shows left, but I think I've done about 30-something. I don't I've yeah. lost count. I've yeah. lost count. And are you and the and the guys just, like, going, right, if it's Tuesday, it's... <laughs> <laughs> you know it's what Milton the danger Keynes is? Always. The danger is that you will come out and go, hello, Manchester, and I... you're in... Yeah, I, I once saw a big band from uh, Train from uh, the US and they came out and went, hello, Boston, and they were at the Apollo Hammersmith. Oh, no! <laughs> and they, they all went, no, no, it's, it's start the again. Worst. Yeah, it's so, the worst. It's the worst. No, we're having a lot of fun and we're almost there. We finish at the Albert Hall on the 20th of April and we're super excited. A few little extra bits in for the Albert Hall, which mm. will be fun. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're counting down the days. I mean, you're not so working, so much working nine to five, but a little longer <laughs> than that. I like your Did you like that? there. <laughs> and we have our very special guest with us today. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Actually, on her way to do two shows down at nine to five, we have the gorgeous Natalie McQueen. Hello, Ray. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? How's it going down there? You haven't. I did come and see you on the, you on did, the first yeah. night, and you were absolutely... Mind blowing. I mean, you you play the role that Dolly played, didn't you? Well, yeah, yeah, you? yeah. I so, do. I so no the pressure guy. there. I no mean, pressure you know. at all, especially <laughs> being when she was watching oh, that she was night <laughs> with okay. the, the whole of the industry. Yeah. Um, did you meet her? Yeah. <gasps> oh my goodness. I, we did the one show, and they said you might meet her live on TV, and I was like, I can't do that. And then they took her up, us up to a room and she was there and she just went, oh, I, I'd known my Dora Lee anywhere. And she hugged me and I was like, oh, oh my God. And then, um, and then we performed and she was just standing right next to us. It was weird. It and must have been one of those real pinch yourself moments. Yeah. And then she wrote us like a letter oh. and like saying like, thank you so much. And she was so nice. Has she been around at all in any of the rehearsals or any of the auditions? Because it was quite fast, wasn't it? I remember yeah. it coming out and all of a sudden it was, it was like, bam, nine to five is going in the Savoy. And, and it was really fast. I mean, no one was... really knew. Like, it, it was fast, but she hadn't, she wasn't really a part of it in the sort of casting process or anything like that. But she was very much... Um, wanting to be involved in, in promoting it. And yeah. obviously, it's sort of like her baby. She's never had a show on the West End before. So she was sort of involved in it, but not directly with us. Yeah, yeah. She was so supportive for the like couple of times that we met her. Yeah. She oh, was so oh, nice. What I, what I find fascinating about her is, you know, a lot of people look at Dolly Parton and the Dolly World thing mm. and the, all she does and so on and think, oh, well, she's just that sort of blonde woman who mm. sings country and Western music. But she's not. No. She's she's an amazing songwriter. Mm. She's written this show. Yeah. She's the most extraordinary businesswoman. Oh. And and here she is now producing a West End show. Yeah, amazing. And, and no one really knows her. 
You know, you know Dolly yeah. Parton, but she knows how she looks and she's, you know, she's very aware what people think of her. Yeah. But she doesn't care because she knows who she is and she, like you said, she's a businesswoman. Yeah. You she, get that though, I think, when, when you see a mega star like that. Yeah. You? Have you been invited to Dolly World yet? No, but I am 30 this year and I'm hoping she's Dolly Wood or Dolly Wood? I can't remember Dolly, which, which Dolly, one. Dolly, I don't know, is it Dolly, Dolly Wood? We're going to be in Dolly Wood sounds oh. nice. Dolly nice, Wood sounds, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, It's her theme park, though. It and is it her is theme park. Apparently just amazing. Yeah, so. I'd love to go. I'd love to go. Um, so, so rehearsal period, it was mm. quite a, a crazy time because obviously you lost Louise yeah. early because she got injured and yeah. we, we talked about it a lot in um, early on. And that must have been hard for a company to adjust. You've got some big names in there, mm. gorgeous Bonnie Langford, oh, who yeah. is just magical. So you, it's quite a, you had quite a strong cast already. Mm. How was that rehearsal period for you? It was crazy. We sort of had two weeks on just before Christmas, then we had a break for ten days over the over Christmas, and then we came back. And I think it was our first week. That was when Louise had got injured. It was kind of crazy anyway to be doing an original technically an original West End show yeah. and then we got into January and all of a sudden it was well we're opening this month and now we've lost someone Could that break the rhythm you know the, the team it, it, it's so feel. interesting it kind of it did for like the week let's say or the couple of days where they were obviously finding Caroline mm. and it was strange but as soon as Caroline walked in the, the building mm. and learnt this show in three days it, everyone was like well, we're, you know, we're back on track yeah. now. Caroline Sheen is such a beautiful actress and Love done her. so many shows. She's mm. a she's a real pro yeah. and I'm not surprised she could kind of step in. And mm. There was a, a tweet, that, uh, I remember her saying something about 9 to 5, I've learnt this in like 24 yeah. hours or something like that. But again, she went on and she went. She was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The show was, was so much fun. And now you have Louise back, yep. which is amazing. Yeah. And it just seems to be going brilliantly and everybody yeah. seems to love it. We've got a lovely company and I can honestly say you know I've just come from over the road when Kinky Boots was there and that's a show where the audiences are up on their feet but I have never experienced a show like this the audiences are on side before any of the cast have even said a word who comes? What's the audience? Because I can't some pin- shows I can't attract, like, more teenage girls go to Wicked, for example, than I think teenage boys. You know, there's a mm. whole sort of, what is that audience? I, I truly can't pinpoint it. It's really odd. We get a lot of groups, so, like, birthdays and, I'm sure, Hindus and things like that. But then you get people that probably wouldn't go and see a musical usually, but they love because Dolly Parton. they know Dolly Parton, yeah. Of course, it, yeah. You, I can't pinpoint it. And I look out and I do think... Wow, this is a real unique Mixture. mix. But like I say, before anybody's even said anything, we've got, you know, Dolly is technically sort of part of our show. They're on side. Yeah, it's great. Mm. It I've great. never known a show like it. It's a great opener. And, and also the songs. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's oh, such just, a great oh. songwriter, so and they hear must that, be dun, lovely. Dun, 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 yep. And then they're on. It's <laughs> brilliant. It is great fun. I mean, I just, I loved it. And I really did kind of find myself like bopping along and, and yeah. having no agenda, which was really, really nice when you go and see a show. Um, yeah. So uh, some of the other things you've done, like like you say, Kinky Boots, mm-hmm. that was before this, wasn't it? Yeah, just before. I, I was doubling up at the end of Christmas. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so... With Ollie? Hang on. Yes. Ollie yeah, Ollie was my Charlie. So you were rehearsing for 9 to 5? Yes. 
in the daytime. doing kinky boots. Yeah. So I would, in the time that I'm here now, I'd be going, I'd be in rehearsals hours. and then going to the shows. So you didn't, you didn't ever put on some boots on kinky boots and just go straight into a dolly Honestly, a Northampton accent may have, may have transformed into a Nashville accent at some That's point. So Who knows tricky. by the end? That's so Gosh, hard. Yeah. But yeah, Ollie was my Ollie, the lovely Ollie Thompson. It was my Charlie. Oh, I love him. Was Ollie still in Wicked when you did Wicked? No. Okay, sorry, sorry for everyone is, listening. Sorry, here we go. <laughs> We're just having a catch it's up. It's now time for <laughs> it's now time for this week's Wicked moment. Well, uh, because you were in Wicked. Well. I, I covered the fabulous Miss Cariello. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I was uh, first cover Elphaba, and Keza came back, and you were. Uh, Amazing, and I remember the first time I went on was was technically for Kerry Ellis. <laughs> no pressure. Um, but the first time you went on was Hidden Men's. You know, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, no pressure. That, you know, the show yeah. just does it to people. Yeah. It kills yeah. us all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big one. Um, but yeah, so well, yeah, but no, Ollie was not. No, Ollie had. I'd, He'd I'd left. Know, but, yeah. We had him in. We we had a little joke about his little white trousers that we talked. Yeah, about. Yeah, the white trouser <laughs> thing is like. For, for I am gutted. I miss. Although I do get to see him in boots. If you could get all oh, the alphabets together and to talk about the white trousers, it could go on for hours. Well, there'd be a lot of talk. Yeah, yeah. 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 we probably get a, it a, would be like a, therapy. It, an R certificate or something. But there we are. <laughs> <laughs> from, what, from what I've heard. <clears throat> so, Moving so on. Was Wicked your first big West End show? I did my first big West End show when I was a kid. But. Which, what were you did? I did Les Mis. Les Mis, that's it. And yes. I did Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. But as an adult, yes, Wicked was my first, you know. I was in a band for ages and then I did a lot of profit share to sort of get back into it. But Wicked was my first. Big show, big one. That's amazing. Pretty good show to it, it, be your first right. show, isn't it? Oh, I mean, yeah. And then say, just a, a oh, cheeky first cover right, alphabet you know, in there. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm fine. I'm, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. Well, who, who was? Do you remember the who the, were the cast members when you did Les Mis when you were a child? Do you remember who like your <sighs> Valjean were or who? No. Yeah. No, I think I do. I want to say. Don't say me. No, I want to say. Is Simon Simon Bowman? Yes. Simon Bowman. So it's early. I want to say the Fontaine was Rebecca Thornhill? Yes. Mandy Holiday? Oh my God. Barry James? Barry James. I did it with Barry James. He freaked me out. (laughs) Why? I was young Eponine, and I'd have to stand in the wings with this creepy, like, doll. And they, he would like getting to character yeah, in the wings. Oh, right. And obviously, he was Tenardier, and it was at the palace then. And I don't know if they still, they had all the bodies from the barricade hanging from the. And I remember being really freaked out. <laughs> Barry James. Do you, okay, do you, do you ever go home, though, from, I mean, wicked, uh, but actually, Les Miserables is a good one. Go home and, like, have those weird dreams because you're like. You remember what that was, or do you close off at the end of it? Yeah, I think I'd probably close close right. off. Right, so yeah. you could just let it go. That was yeah, kind well, of yeah. There's a pun. Um, <laughs> um, uh, we'll talk about what's next let's in a minute. Literally frozen out. Okay, let's just, just yeah. for just for today. So so um, so wicked. So after wicked, um, uh, we did murder ballad together. Was we that did. your next? Was that your next show? Yeah. So I doubled up. Then I got I did wicked, and then my next job was. Again, covering Kerry <laughs> <laughs> um, And we did Murder Ballad together, which was so much fun. It was that, great. That show it? got so much, uh, a great response, first of all. It was a sellout, yeah, obviously, yeah. but um, it was uh, in such a small venue, yeah. so so intimate. Is that Does that make it, I mean, I'm asking both of you this now, does that make it easier or more difficult than standing on the stage at, say, Wicked or Les Miserables and just 
Mm. You know, you can't see the audience to a certain extent. You can, but you... well, it was quite an intense. It was quite show. an intense show. <laughs> um, to it be being up... murder ballet. <laughs> well, well, also there were moments. Obviously, as I covered Kazar, there were Kerry. Sorry, um, that we um, we had to sort of be barely clothed at some points. Yeah, it was quite. It was quite a difficult show because the subject matters were quite raw and quite yeah. real. It was about families and being families being torn apart and relationships and children mm. and it. It was quite dark and to go through that emotionally and like you say, there were times where where we would be in like um, just our underwear, yeah. which I'd never done before, mm. which was quite um, a tough moment and it was very emotional. We had to get very upset and very angry and but it was quite. It was quite an emotional roller coasters and and people are very close mm. so to, to mm. play that mm. emotion in a very intimate environment was quite mm. different and difficult i think um, you really to, had to you really had to shut it out i know you have to anyway when you're on stage but you really had to shut it out and right at the end there was a scene with with norman bowman who was the husband was brilliant oh fantastic <laughs> and i mean you only had to look at him and i was in tears oh. like and you really had to shut it out because it was so intense yeah. at points so, two questions I've got. I always ask this question. When did it start? What was the thing that made you go, that's the mad world I want to work in? <laughs> um, <laughs> <A> theatre. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm stupid. The one down is to have a job in the bank and that would be nice and safe, but, but actually, no. I, I think I was probably a kid and I was on holiday doing karaoke and I was a show-off. You, like, it was probably... Mm. I liked it and it wasn't until maybe doing something like Les Mis because I was so young I realised how much I loved it I wasn't ever very a- academic and leaving school to go and do like a two show day in, in the West End <laughs> when you're like 10 years old I've always known that I, there was never another option for mm. me from yeah. that Did you have any when you left school did you go into any theatre kind of training or did you go straight into working with a band or mm. what, what was your what was your route I left school at 16 I, I think you have to probably go to sixth form now we didn't have to do that then and I went straight to performing arts school I did three years Where did you go? I went to CPA it's shut down now um, they shut down, I think, like last year. It wasn't your fault, by the way. She <laughs> <laughs> was terrible. Um, <laughs> You're a big success story, though. <laughs> well, but um, yeah, I went there, and then I was then I was in a band for a little while and did some some different different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I trained for three years, and uh, yeah. So I mean, same for you, Kerry, because you've got the kids and you you know you you also you're in here doing this. Then you go off and you do a show. And you've got a two-show day-to-day mm-hmm. for nine to five. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people um, think it's all gla- it's all glamour. You appear on the stage mm-hmm. and then you sign autographs at you know, the stage mm-hmm. door and, and so on. But there is a, a level at which it is kind of a job, isn't it? It's the, it's the day-to-day. Mm. And then you've got to turn it up, presumably, once you walk on stage, which can often be at the end of everybody else's day. Yes. Do you find that difficult? Like you said, it's a job, and I, we're very lucky. It's what we love to do. But you know, at the moment, perfect example is I'm basically playing Dolly Parton. So there's the voice, and there's the get up, the the boobs, and the hair, and <laughs> the makeup. I didn't want to ask about that. But yeah, <laughs> but it is. You know, it's all. And they're magnificent. They're, but seriously, crazy. <laughs> and and so you sort of get on stage and you sort of whack us, and it, and it is tough. But you know, there's that old saying, you know, Doctor Theatre, and it is. And you do walk on stage, and you can sort of get out of that mood pretty quickly. You switch it on because like because that. as a, as actors, as we you give up sort of your nightlife, but you do get a joy 
from seeing people on their night out having a good mm. time mm. because of you or because of the cast or mm. because of the song or because of, you know, it's Dolly Parton. That doesn't really come into it. Mm. I think we're just kind of... Uh, your whole life changes when you become in theatre because you're mm. constantly on that time frame and... Pre-children, I was always I was that kind of late riser, and mm. my day would start later and finish later, and that was just how my day worked, and that's that's okay. And now, obviously, I have children, I just sleep less. I mean, it's just it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's to say. So, what about our quick-fire questions? Oh yeah, that okay. we normally ask you. Kerry loves this bit. I do like this bit, uh, particularly one question. Yes, you'll you'll know what it is. Okay. Um. So, quick-fire round, just just uh, just silly little questions. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Best role. Um. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't really mine, but Elphaba is up there for me oh, when yeah. I got to do it, and Dora Lee. Oh, lovely. Brilliant. Best co-star? Oh, that's difficult, isn't it? Ollie Tomset. Yes. I love him so yeah, much. I know, he's you know, brilliant. He's, he's going to get such a big hit. He is, isn't he? He really is. We know, did kind of coax his ego when he yeah. was in here. <laughs> I mean, we had to wide the doors to get him out. Like, you know. <laughs> that's okay. just because he's so tall. Um, okay, best review? Do you read reviews? No, but there was a kid called Ian Armitage who's that young Sheldon oh, I love from that you E4. His name. Well, because I didn't know that he was famous. He's more famous than all of us, and he does these. Oh, the young Sheldon. Yeah, the young yes. Sheldon. He does yeah. theatre reviews. Do you know? Do you know um, oh, oh, what's it called? Big Bang um, Theory. Big Bang oh, Theory. Oh, I love the Big Bang right. Theory. So he plays you young know Sheldon. Sheldon. There's a young. Ah, yes, yes. There's a new one with a, a TV young. Show. Yeah. So he, oh, no, I know who he yeah. is. So I didn't know this kid. Someone <laughs> tags me in a review, and he's like. Go on, see nine to five. It's amazing, and I was like, "This kid's so cute," and then realised he's more famous than all of us. That was yeah. that's the best. He's earning millions of pounds. That's, a, year that's a good one. <laughs> that's, that's a that's really. The, good I don't one. read them otherwise, but that's that's one. I love that. It's really interesting. People have a real mix of whether they read into uh, reviews no. or not. Okay, my favourite one. Here we go. Here we go. Best fan gift. Oh. <laughs> no. I was in Wicked, so I got a lot of them. Okay. Um, now you're up against some really interesting this. ones here, so no, no pressure, no, no pressure. Well, I go for a. Well, I got a nice one. A nice one was that someone made me a really in-depth book, which was really lovely about my journey in Wicked. That was oh, nice. Oh, that's sweet. That is actually that lovely. Like those. Yeah. But I did get. It wasn't really a gift, but I did get an invitation, a handwritten invitation to a fan's birthday dinner. Oh, where was it? Was it a glamorous dinner? Um, no, it was. We I got to choose, and then she would basically oh. play. But it was for her birthday. Right. Um. Ah. So um, I didn't go. A little dinner. <laughs> but it was like <laughs> I, that was like sort of a gift, and I was like, oh, I. I can't. But. Yeah. Oh dear, what a uh, shame. Oh, I can't do that. I've got a show. I'm, okay. Yeah. I'm busy that weekend. Well, we can change it. Yeah. Um, okay, very good. Okay, pizza or salad? Pizza. Obviously. Red or white? Red. Night in or night out? Night in. <laughs> um, and what was the. Uh, I think I've run out. I think that was it. I think that was all my, my I, questions. I think what I just. Uh, what I love is everyone we've had in who's in a West End show. They all say, and they all look impossibly slim and fit, and you know they're doing, and they go pizza, red, red wine, wine yeah, night in. <laughs> I think yeah. because we spend our lives out, like yeah. being in a show and being at a theatre, even though you're not kind of, it's not a party night out, you're out. So yeah. I think we spend our whole kind of days off going. I want a night in. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> also, I've got two cats, and I want to sit with them. <laughs> You love an Instagram cat. I, I love watching your cats on Instagram. It's oh, hysterical. Thank you. I love it. It's very funny. So, so when, very funny. When, when's your call? 
the When's show. my first call? One o'clock. <laughs> one, one In about two minutes' we, time. We, oh my goodness, we need to let you go. You right. sure. Okay, well, look, thanks for coming Thank in, Natalie. So Thank much, you so Natalie much, Natalie McQueen. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Hello, and welcome to a brand new podcast for TV fans by TV fans, dedicated to everything on the box that's both on and in demand. It's Mr. Saturday Night himself, it's Sam O'Leary. Jeffers, what should we be keeping an eye on? We've got Cold Feet returning. The trailer looks very interesting. It's James Nesbitt and co. It's really worked, this comeback for ITV. You want it to be heartwarming. It's a nice Saturday night show. Ready for your Tuesday morning commute. Series linked with me, Emma Bullymore and Mark Jeffries. Jamie Crick and Kerry Ellis here this week. Johnny Bunyan's not with us. He's He's, not. he's away, actually. He's holidaying. How Holiday, dare he? Which, which went, <laughs> given the Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I wonder must, how many he takes with him. Must I wonder be so he's... easy to pack for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be looking for shirts that would work. He must go, oh, thank goodness for that. I wonder just... if he has matching shorts as well, <laughs> if it's just Hawaiian shirt. Don't we love get... you, Johnny. We miss you. <laughs> if you want to subscribe, Acting Up Pod. And you can get in touch as well. Just get in touch at Hello at actinguppod.com. And subscribe. And if you want to give us those five stars, it does help us. Just subscribe. Yeah. It's free. We like five stars. <laughs> You're used to five stars. Well, you know. You know, you expect them. <laughs> Wouldn't that be lovely if every review I had? Five stars. Five stars. Carry on. Just have it in my contract. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk about um, the Olivier Awards, um, which I thought were brilliant, first of all. The production was great. And uh, the winners, so interesting this year. It was good. Um, because there were a lot of different actors and, and actresses. Um, Patty LuPone for Company oh. in Best Supporting Actress. And that was... So, if you look at the list here, right, so Ruthie Ann Miles for King and I, yep. uh, all of the queens for six, mm. who I thought were in with a really strong chance there I did, I did, but uh, you, you know, it was lovely that they were nominated and the show got a lot of uh, nominations, which was magnificent because it's such a brilliant show. And supporting new writing and young um, up-and-coming actors, was was amazing. However, you know, Patty Lapone, I mean, she's a veteran in theatre and we I think people were rooting for her to win and I'm so thrilled that she did because it you know, it it was a magical moment. I watched the um the red carpet on I think it was on social media yeah. and just watching everybody go up and talk and what they're wearing and it really had a nice kind of feel to it this year. Yeah. Yeah. I love that Gok Wan was there talking about the, their clothes and their fashion and it just seemed very well planned out this year. I mean, I, I didn't know if it was on Red Button. Could anybody see it? I didn't get yeah, well, to see it. Well, I just followed I it on social it. media because I was like, I was thing. like, it's just your best actor in sporting role. Will yeah. it be Jonathan? Will it be Jonathan Bailey? Because oh. I loved him in company, and it was. But again, the the battle between Come From Away and yes. Company was was a big one on the night it because was. if you look at the best uh, actor in a supporting role, Clive Carter, Come From Away, yes. uh, Richard Fleishman for Company, yes. uh, Robert Hands for Come From Away. So really, if you're sat in the audience you're, you're as those actors and by the way you have to go through all the awards for regional theatre yes, yes. Uh, lighting directing oh, and yeah. all the important things that go on to make a show and you're sat there thinking please tell me if I'm going to win I know it must <laughs> be I mean I've never been nominated or sat in that seat yet um, so I don't know how it is however what is nice about them is that the whole companies seem to come and be invited and there seems to be a real rally of, of people supporting their own shows, which I loved. Um, it was also lo- 
lovely, of course, to see the wonderful special achievement to go to Matthew Bourne, which was just mm. gorgeous. Mm. I mean, I got the pleasure of working with him back in my Fair Lady days, and he was just magical back then. And just to see where his career has gone and now being acknowledged in that way. Such a, a unique take on things as well, just mm. approaches things from a different perspective sometimes to just get that surprise that comes from a lot of his choreography and work and so on. It's very real. I remember going to see one of his... Um, his productions at, I think it was at the National, and it was just, it was so real, and I couldn't believe how much of, it was almost like a play, but through dance, and it was so moving, and I'd never experienced anything like that before, even though I've come from like a dance background, I'd never actually gone and seen anything like that, and it was, he's just magical, I'm so thrilled for mm, him, and he, mm. I think, isn't he one of the biggest winners? I think he's got like eight Olivier Awards. <laughs> really? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think running out of space on the mantelpiece. I know, how <laughs> Uh, or a special, <laughs> special cabinet to display them. Uh, best actress in a musical goes to somebody we interviewed oh, yes. on this show on Acting Up a little while ago because it's um, Sharon D. Clark, who is one of the loveliest, most unassuming, quiet characters. Mm. Until she sings, oh. and she's got this voice. She My has. goodness me, blow the cobwebs out the corner of the theatre. It's just, it's something, it's mind-blowing. I mean, again, I worked with Sharon back in, in We Will Rock You in 2002, and she was just magnificent back then and she has been nominated a few times I think yeah. she was nominated for We Will Rock You and I think there's another one I'm not sure which one it was I'll have to check but I'm so glad that she's got it for such a phenomenal show that I believe she's had such a journey with and such um, influence yeah. and investment in, in but, this show But up against Rosalie Craig and company mm. up, up against uh, Kelly O'Hara King and I uh, Adrian Warren for, for Tina I mean that's you know you Big. wouldn't you wouldn't have suspected that perhaps the smaller of the, all of those shows would provide the winner, but she was just astonishing. The Olivier is always interesting, though. I do think people... It seems like people seem to get them at the right time that they're meant to, you know, that they're meant to, if that makes any sense at all. But, like I say, when it is a big, obvious show, sometimes it doesn't happen. And for her to get it for something so unique and so specific and uh, something that she has had so much investment in, I think is just brilliant. And I'm so happy for her. Well, earlier in this series, we spoke to Sharon D. Clark about the show and also about her performance as an actress on TV and in the West End and the challenges she's faced. My theatre roles have luckily, although 95% of them are American, they are very diverse roles. Um, lots of, you know, I've done things like Killer Queen, Odessa in um, Amen Corner. Oda May Brown. Brown, I was going to say, know, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're very different characters and not all of them are supposed to be black. Killer Queen wasn't written as black, she was written as white, so the fact that I was playing her, they thought out of the box, that's fantastic. My thing is, in television, especially when I first started, all I got seen for was nurses. No one ever wanted to see me for anything else. It was just a nurse, because that's how casting thought of black women. And most black women that I grew up seeing on telly were nurses. And I got to a point where I, I wouldn't audition for telly anymore because I just didn't want to play another nurse. And when Holby came around, it was like, oh my God, she's a doctor and she's got some status and she has opinions and she's strong and she's the kind of woman that I wanted to see on telly when I was growing up. Yeah, no-brainer, absolutely got to play Lola. What a joy. But it's I found that most of... The stereotyping for me has been in telly. 
And uh, what about the American side of things? Uh, would you like to do more British stuff? Represent uh, represent more. the culture that you've grown to. up in. Exactly. Yeah. I, that, you know that is my experience, and I'd I'd love to see that on on the theatre stage more often, so that people like me when I was growing up see themselves represented on on, on stage, and also that there are. British stories to tell, and I would love to tell those stories. And a case in point was the series that I did recently called Informer, which was set in London. Rose was, um, she was Afri- of African descent, but she was a Londoner, grown up in London, loves London. I think the way that Informer portrayed London as another character in the series, raw and vibrant and eclectic and diverse it's the London that I know and so for me to be a part of that show I was very very proud of it because I felt like I was you know representing the London that I know and love and I'd love to do more of that on stage. Sharon D. Clark who uh, was a winner at the Olivia Awards after all this time uh, from being nominated for so many shows but uh, I loved Caroline I'll Change it was just extraordinary and she was amazing I'm so thrilled for in her. it and, and is so pivotal to the whole show so mm. it's great uh, now Kenny Wax who's president of uh, SALT who organise and that's the Society of London Theatre who organise the Olivier's he's been criticising ticket prices he has and this is in his speech to open the, the whole event, uh, it's quite a difficult one because you look at shows like Wicked, you look mm. at, uh, you know, the new productions that are coming through, a lot of them are very technical, big productions with a huge backstage team, mm. a large cast. How do you keep costs down? It's a difficult one. I mean, he he chose a real platform to mention this. And, you know, Kenny Wax is also a, a producer as well, so he knows it from the other side. He knows what a show costs to put on. He puts on big shows himself. You know, these shows are getting bigger. And the demand that I think people expectations from a show um, we expect so much you know we want to be moved we want to be bowled away the music has to be amazing the, we have to have orchestras we have to have amazing cast members costumes lighting it's so expensive and I don't think people realise quite how much it is to put a show on so I I kind of understand but then it can be quite expensive to yeah. take a family of four you know but then there are ticket deals there are kids week uh, you know there are deals to get the there's day seats, so but it's if a you, tricky but one. if you, what about what about? I mean, there, there is no kind of loyalty scheme or something because if you go to a lot of shows and you're priced out because some of the stall tickets now are over a hundred pounds, mm. and you think, well, that's two of us, or if I've got the kids with me, that's just yeah, that's like a, that's like a weekend away in Spain or yeah. something or France. So why would I pay that? Except that I go to the theatre all the time. So yeah. it's a it's a very difficult one to balance. It did used to be that. I mean, I remember as a student, I mean, we're going back 20-odd years, and I remember as a student coming up and being able to get £10 seats to go and see Starlight Express, and yes, I'd be like on the track hanging over the side, but it was a way in to see shows, and I think maybe there's just a few more options mm. that we can put out there to help people go and see it, and then to fill up those those seats perhaps in those midweeks when, when shows do struggle that little bit. Because they are the next generation, I, I suppose. Absolutely, it, and, and it can become not an elitist uh, thing for people to go and see but it is expensive so it does have to cater to, for everybody yeah. in some way and I don't you know I'm, I'm in theatre and I know you know we all want to be paid well to do those eight shows a week and and we want everybody to be paid well and it, it is a difficult one but we need the audiences we yeah. need them to yeah. buy the tickets. The 
response from the Olivier's, not just with the big awards, has been quite interesting this year. So it's become a, more of a, a political event mm. uh, with people using it as a platform to launch a particular message or an idea. For example, theatre designers have said that the um, there needs to be a big sea change to tackle the culture of long hours for the offstage workers. Now, you'll know, Kerry, but people who are building the sets, refreshing the sets, doing all the stuff that cleans the theatre up, gets it ready in the day, but particularly those backstage people, they work from sometimes first thing in the morning right the way through to the end of a show. They work all hours and, and some especially for even if something goes wrong in a show, the crew could be there all night and to get that show ready for the following day. They're there before the company come in, they're there when the company leave. They are unbelievable. And even people in wigs and wardrobe, they're there prepping the costumes and there's so much involved in it and they do work crazy long hours. So yeah, mm. I think it's something to be looked at, definitely. But then I guess, again, it increases the cost because you might have to have two teams mm. working and we were just talking about the cost of theatre going up and so on. So it's a very difficult one to balance. Yeah, it is. It's a tough one and I wouldn't want to be <laughs> organising yeah, those yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's now, long enough doing eight shows. Marion Elliott of, of just uh, celebrating such success for, uh, with company has also said she feels a wind, a wind of change is blowing through the industry around female-led stories and the the kind of gender-swapped version of company, which, of course, starred Rosalie Craig as Bobby, mm. whereas it was ordinarily a man. But then again, Amy changed to Jamie, which was where Jonathan Bailey won uh, his Olivier mm-hmm. Award. So it's quite an interesting... And, of course, Stephen Sondheim said in an interview, now he's seen this production, he wished he'd written it that way in the first place, <laughs> which, which may be a little bit stretching the truth. Because if you look back to when it was written, uh, for a woman to be in the role of Bobby probably wasn't as acceptable mm. as today. We go, well, why shouldn't she? It's yeah. interesting, though. You know, you think way back in Shakespeare times when, you know, all the roles were played by by men and there I think there's a company at the moment where all the roles are being played by women and you know I think there is definitely scope out there for for it to be talked about and it's definitely opened a door which is great and yeah we'll see what happens it, it will it'll be interesting with something like that that was was went down so well if it happened with another big show I'm trying to think what what um if somebody said oh just having a, a, of a show I like, know, I know. if you were going to be Marius, oh. how would you do it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Or maybe that's too extreme. Oh, I don't know. Maybe something like Merrily We Roll Along or something like that that's um, it's a slightly smaller cast, the, the subject is a little different. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Mac and Mabel, Mac and Mac. <laughs> Mabel and Mabel. I mean, we, we could go on. We could go on with I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> It's acting up with uh, Kerry Ellis and Jamie Crick here this week because Johnny's away sunning himself. Holiday. Actually, he's at a brother's um, wedding as he well. Is, so we will let him off just this once. Yeah, so as long as he brings a piece of cake. <laughs> no, come on. I, mean, I think that's perfectly reasonable, isn't it? Might it? be a bit squidgy. <laughs> yes, with his packing, it probably would be. <laughs> Who wants a piece of cake wrapped in one of Johnny's Hawaiian shirts after being worn? Now let's, oh, <laughs> let's uh, move on to um, a cup of coffee. Shall we? Let's go down. And actually, I recorded this just a, a few days ago before Johnny headed off with the team down at Joe Allen. I met um, Cathy Wynn, who's the general manager there. And uh, Johnny was playing the role of Josephine, who's normally <laughs> with us, but she wasn't able to be with us. Uh, so we went to have a look round and a bit more of a chat. Let's talk about pianos. 
Okay. Because pianos are such an important part of Joe Allen, aren't they? Mm, I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking about I'm thinking about Jimmy playing yes, the piano. It was Jimmy just was you know you would come in and he'd be there and say hello and all that sort of stuff. And you've always had that sort of you know the instrument. There it is over just behind us yeah. right now, the current one. What makes it the the sort of central part of what goes on? Because it, it is part of the atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the unique things, isn't it? Is mm. the fact that there is piano every evening and that there is piano at brunches on on the weekend and then for gar- high days and holidays and gala. But it's just that little Jeez, extra um, something. But without being a baby grand and imposing, it's literally someone in the corner. And, and do you remember the time when there used to be a piano in every single pub? Maybe you're not old yes, enough, yeah, but yeah, yeah, exactly. And most front rooms that you never use, they would always have that cold yeah, room with a piano had one in of those it, wouldn't they? Piano, yeah. and you go yeah. in there and it's dusty old thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and out of tune, but everybody would come around, so we'd have a sing-along. And I think it sort of comes from that vibe, isn't it? It's that little bit of history, and it's lovely having the tinkling in the background. And it adds such a yeah. great atmosphere. Like, oh, there, there's totally. something. I mean, I play piano, I've played for years, and there's something so lovely about a live piano yes. in the background and particularly just the way it transitions and segues and just it's just gorgeous it will reflect the evening won't it though so if there's a birthday obviously or a special occasion it can come in and out and play and, and nothing better of, than yeah. walking into Joe Allen's about 8 o'clock sitting over dinner the place is full to the brim people just having a chat you know, clinking the glasses and the piano in the background yeah. the atmosphere electric I mean I've got yeah, hairs yeah, in yeah, my hands yeah, it's incredible yeah. it's amazing and it's also an instrument which doesn't um, get in the way no. if, you, if you had a trumpet Yes. You'd, you'd, wouldn't you? You'd have, you'd have to stop talking. Yeah, would, yeah. I mean, it, we should fanfare you in yeah. every time, can't we? Got it. Let's get well, a trumpet. Well, remember when Jimmy used to do like, everybody, because he used to be, for those that don't know, he used to always have his piano by the bottom of the door. That's right. And everybody had a tune if he knew you. Did, well, really? And, oh, God, oh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing, and if yeah. you were in a show, he would play the tune of, from the show you were in. What, so when they came in? When but, they came but in. But seamlessly go into it. That's oh, the thing. Totally. It could be in the middle of something else. And he just, but it could be a little bit sort of schizophrenic at 10 30 but all the different people were coming in and he was trying to acknowledge them and get all the, get all the songs going and you're like Whoop, what's going on but you could also if you were across the room and you're running along and you know that you're going to get certain people coming from certain shows coming in you're trying to get the tables ready and then you'd hear that you're like no they're too early yes. and then we used to have, uh, call it a jimmy jam whereby he would rather helpfully grab them by the wrist right. and hold on to them rattling on and would buy me time to sort of evict so somebody else reset Johnny, a table how are you? oh he didn't just, know he was just, doing it he hold was just, on. Oh, right. oh he was convinced every single person had come to see him specifically and there may be some truth in that but they also probably wanted to eat and drink something yeah. if they could get past him um, but yeah. he sometimes he could absolutely be blocking that door and there's a queue up the stairs he's like great go for it jimmy yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's one of of London's great characters, and oh, you know, amazing. and we we are a city with lots of people like that. But he was one of the, oh, one of the in the theatre world. And the thing is, you know, there was a man playing a piano at a restaurant who everyone in theatre knew. But he was also, also he a talent, wasn't he? Yeah. That was the thing. He was such a talent. I mean, I saw some absolutely amazing you know, musical talented people coming and sitting with Jimmy and just, they would, you know, you know, Sondheim, everybody would go and chat with Jimmy and appreciate his talent. And then, of course, he'd tell us all about it for days. The next day, he'd be telling me, oh, it was like a supper club last night. And then tell me who he's in. And I'd be going, I was there, Jimmy, I was there. And he'd I was still seating them, yes, I was I was, there. I was them, next yeah. to you, don't you remember? Apparently not, yeah. 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 <laughs> and if they were a bit cute, well, they never got past him very far. <laughs> and then they had him in lock. 
<laughs> you mentioned the, the first piano when you, yeah. you arrived. Had some of the keys missing? Oh, it was awful. Well, the ver- one before that, what had basically happened, as far as I understand, the story was that there was an original piano and some, they used to push it backwards and forwards. So at lunchtime, when there was no piano, it would be pushed against the wall and then it would get pushed. And it was being pushed back by a couple of waiters who weren't concentrating. It went over and it no. was damaged very, very badly. So the then owner was very grumpy about this and so got him quite a... Because sh- they're not cheap, are they? No, they're no, no, they're not. But he got him quite a sort of basic crappy one, which he then had, I think, for about 17 years. And by the end of it, some of the notes really didn't ping at all. So... We, uh, we, so we then when we had the new owners came through, we hired a piano, so that was okay. But then when we moved across, we finally got a Bought, Yamaha. Bought another piano. Yeah, yeah. It's got that in there. Yeah. And, and so it's every night? It's every night and weekend lunches. Lovely. And then we also would have things, special occasions. So yeah. um, July the 4th, would we'd do that, or yeah. Thanksgiving we'll yeah. do it, or if there's yeah. a special event. So yeah. It's one of the members of staff that's the unsung heroes of Joanne. Yes. The piano. Yeah. yeah, pianos could talk, one of those, yeah, exactly. I bet it could tell some stories. Johnny and Cathy with me at Joe Allen. Oh. We were just uh, having a bit of a chat. We're going to leave them to sort out those piano issues that <laughs> we were just talking about. Actually, no, there's not an issue at all. And if you ever go to Joe Allen, yeah, one of the nice things about it is enjoying the piano that's oh. playing in the background uh, and indeed in, involved in those Sunday brunches. So um, that's it for this week. It is but it. next week... Oh, I'm excited about next week. Well, next week's Holy Week... And you must be getting ready for the big show. I am. I'm at the Albert Hall. I'm very excited. We finish on the 20th of April at the Albert Hall. So I'll finish my little stint with Calabro. And uh, it's a perfect place for it to end. I love that venue. Is that Easter Saturday? When is I that? I think it is. Yeah. It's on a Saturday. So a great day to drive into central London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the next day, though, do you get uh, chocolate eggs? Would you eat one? I, oh, I've seen your oh, gym workouts. I know. I, mean? I know. Yeah, but you know that's my ideal life, isn't it? That's not that I eat chocolate as well. Yeah. Well, I've got kids, so there's going to be chocolate in my house everywhere, and, all over them. Yeah, I mean, I all mean, over the sofa. Yeah. I love chocolate eggs, though, especially when they've been in the fridge and they're really. Oh, really... I love that Easter oh. eggs in the fridge. People don't get what is so perfect about it's Easter so eggs. So good. Put them in the fridge, warm. They're just nothing. I, no, Sorry. and the best bit is when you bring it out and you smash them and they. Clap. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to Easter next week on Act up. We're going to be looking at some of the biggest interviews we've mm. had in the current series. It'll be the end of our series but we'll be back a couple of weeks later, so just after Easter. So we've got some really big names. I mean, I'm thinking Ollie Thompson, we have lovely Lucy, Lucy Jones, Jones yep, Sharon D. Clark, um, John Owen Jones, Rachel Tucker and obviously the beautiful Calabro that I've just been touring with. It's like a mega mix of theatre. Love so, it. And one last thing before we go, you can subscribe Acting Up Pod. Uh, wherever you get your podcast from, subscribe and you'll get the latest on your Theatre Week every single week. Acting Up is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddykneesmedia.com.